Welcome to the New Beginnings Church Podcast. We're so glad you're here. We pray God speaks to you through this message and through His Word today. For more information about our church, please visit our Facebook page. Now let's tune in to this week's message. All right. I want to welcome you to our Wednesday night Bible study, uh, uh, Breaking Intimidation by John Bevere. We're on our last uh, segment uh, this week. Uh, it's going to be act or react, but we've uh, really been blessed uh, by sharing this with you. I hope that you've been blessed too. So we want to talk about intimidation comes by different circumstances. Um, it comes by thoughts or by people. And most people struggle with intimidation. Yes. Uh, that comes through other people. The fear of man is an accurate description of this type of pressure. And this is what we're going to talk about tonight. Uh, so the fear of man avoids, uh, uh, causes us to avoid rejection, harm, uh, reproach from men without considering reproaching God and God's rejection. And so we need to come to this place. The man who fears, a uh, person who fears man will offend the one he cannot see in order to do the other. And I think that's important, that it's easy for us to offend God yes. because we don't see him. Mm-hmm. But if we see them, then there are things that are uh, available for us. So there's a powerful promise in uh, Proverbs about the fear of the Lord. It's Proverbs 14, 26 through 27. In the fear of the Lord, there is strong confidence, and his children will have a place of refuge. The fear of the Lord is a fountain of life to turn one away from the snares of death. So we have that promise to us in the fear of the Lord, but there's also another promise uh, that goes to the other side, which is Proverbs 29, verse 25. The fear of man brings a snare, but whoever trusts in the Lord shall be saved. So the fear of man brings a snare to us. We can be snared by the fear of man. So uh, John Brewer is going to talk about two kings here. They both rule the same kingdom. It's going to be Saul and David. And we're going to see by contrasting their lives how we're going to find out the clarity and understand the differences between the fear of God and the fear of man. So Saul had been reigning two years. As with most positions, there's always a honeymoon period. uh, And it's true with our characters. There's always things that we're always going to do. But the passage, with the passage of time, our motives become exposed. All of a sudden we get comfortable and we don't realize the position we're in. We don't right. realize the relationship. It happens in marriage. It's not just a king. It's marriage. It's work. It's all those kind of things. So Saul was with, uh, was at Michmash with his finest warriors, and the Philistines gathered themselves. Now this is not the one, the time that that uh, Saul was there or uh, uh, Goliath, but this is when he was facing an enemy. Now this is this is a, it really important. Uh, sometimes when, when you see somebody say something else, you know, see what they faced. He said hey, the enemy had 30,000 chariots. Wow. He had 6,000 horsemen and a multitude of soldiers. Uh, the army was so big it couldn't be con- count- counted. So this situation became extremely intimidating in the sight of God. But you know, God always is setting us up to see what we're going to do. And so God had given uh, Samuel a word to Saul. He said, stay there uh, before the battle. We have to, we have to pray and, and sacrifice the Lord. So stay there until a point in time when I come, I'm going to sacrifice to God. And you know, 
God would have done awesome things yes. for Saul if he'd have waited for the prophet. Yeah. But uh, he waited seven days, and all of a sudden he didn't show up on time. Mm-hmm. You know, do we do we wait and then he didn't show up in my time? Didn't show up when I thought he should, and that's where we begin to go. And the and the pressure began to build against Saul by his people. We need to pray. We need to sacrifice to God. We need to look to God. And uh, Samuel hadn't come, so then we understand what takes place here that Saul does that really provokes the whole situation. 1 Samuel 13, 11 through 12. And Samuel said, What have you done? Saul said, When I saw that the people were scattered from me and that you did not come within the days appointed and that the Philistines gathered together at Michmash, then I said, The Philistines will now come down on me in Gilead and I have not made a supplication to the Lord. Therefore, I felt compelled and offered a burnt offering. So he, he turned around and took the burnt offering yes. and offered it as a... Now listen to this. He's king. He's not the priest. He's not the prophet. Mm-mm. We all have a position to do, and in that position we have authority and we have an anointing. Yes. When we step out of our place right. and become something that we are not, maybe a wannabe, mm-hmm. there is no anointing there. We may do it. But there's no results, godly results. And this is what happened with here. And the people may be happy, but God's not happy. Right. When God's not happy, nobody's happy. You know. <laughs> so Samuel rebuked him by telling him he'd done foolishly by not keeping the commandment of God. So his last words, Samuel's last word to Saul is, wait till I come. Wait till I come. I'm going to be there. Well, he didn't come in the appointed time. He still got there. So there's always a pressure on you, and there's always an oil press. We talked about that a couple weeks ago. There's always a place of pressure on whether or not you're going to hold up to the Word of God and hold up to the will of God. We have to come to that place of realizing God has specifically said certain things to you and to me. We can't go beyond that. So we have to do what God said. So uh, we we do something or we're going to die. Uh, will you want the Lord? Uh, will you wait as the Lord commanded or will you move to save yourself? Not only save yourself, but look good in the eyes of the people around you. So he look at Saul's excuses. This is his excuses. The Philistines were coming down on me. I felt compelled. You know, he made the sacrifices to make himself look good to the people, and then he tried to spiritualize it to some. I felt compelled. So many people today in our Christian walk spiritualize themselves and and come to that place where it's, you know, I was obeying God. No, you're actually obeying yourself. So have you ever thought, I know God is telling me to stand still, but I have to move in order to change the situation I am in? Please the people around me. Uh, and preserve ourselves. Mm-hmm. So we, we want to change our position. God is God will tell you when to change. Yes. He will give you that authority. Yes. One of the hardest things for us to do is to wait on God. Yes. Because God never works on us, especially when he's not saying anything. Mm-hmm. If God hasn't continued to say something or change directions, you've got to stay on the course. We can usually make something happen. Now, this is so important. We can usually make something happen, even if God is not moving. Yes. We can create something that appears to be from God with the strength of our natural talents or abilities, 
and without God's involvement. Wow. Mm -hmm. How many times have we tried to produce yes. revivals? Yes. How many times have we tried to produce certain things? We need to understand that we can't produce it. God does. Mm -hmm. When God does it, it just works. It's just so easy. Uh, so what he's saying, we got to keep doing the exactly the same thing I told you, and, and nothing's changed. So we got to go with it. So uh, the next scripture, I believe, is... Uh, uh, First Samuel 13. Oh, wait a minute. I got something else. Uh, you've not, you've, you have not felt focused, uh, yet it's been part of our, your testing. I have, I have not allowed you to focus on the test that you... Now, this is the thing that God told uh, John Bevere, because he kept having some problems. And he said, you're trying to move without my direction. You're not, you, you should not be moving during my silence. Uh, and, and because you did not move uh, when I said, said not to, and because you didn't make your own plans, hoping that they would be mine, now you'll see a great focus come. So he was out of focus on certain things and wanted things to happen, and they didn't, but he waited. And he said, I'm going to give you and your wife a great specific plans. And in the next month, a whole lot of things began to change and open up. Because we go through those testings. We go through those things uh, for our lives. So that was what, what John had said uh, in, his, in his book, a little testimony. We can, a lot of times, friends who certainly care for you, generally care for you, counsel us to move. Because they love us. They care about it. They sense that we're, we're going through things. But they're only responding to the situation they saw us in. That was your test. Yes. There's a lot of times they say, well, you know, maybe you just need to move out of that job or, you know, get out of this certain thing or whatever. And sometimes it's a test of whether or not you're going to make it. And, and let me just say something about my wife's testimony or our, part of our testimony was that it was a time in our lives before we were saved, uh, before I was saved, that, you know, our marriage was not good. And God wanted, or she wanted to move away, and and God said, "No, I'm gonna, I'm gonna save Paul." So for the next year and a half, she prayed for me, loved me when I was unlovable, and I got saved mm -hmm. because she she obeyed God and said, "God, God said, I'm gonna save him. I'm gonna do this." A lot of other people were saying, "He's never gonna get saved." Don't ever tell God never. <laughs> God is the one that will work. In, on your behalf, if you believe it. So we have we have we have a a, a lot of things that happen to us when we're under pressure. But we got to go back. What does the word say? Yes. What does the word say? What does God say? So Saul was intimidated. His whole life was cr uh, crazy. First Samuel, thirteen fourteen. Oh. Was that where I was at? Did I give you that one? I get it. Okay. I'm sorry. That's okay. 13:14. But now your kingdom shall not continue. The Lord has sought for himself a man after his own heart. And the Lord said, Lord hath commanded him to be a commander over his people. Because you have not kept what the Lord commanded you. Wow. So he was going to lose the whole kingdom because he did not keep the commandment of God. Yes. I wouldn't want anybody to tell me I'm going to lose everything I've worked for all my life that God gave me because of my disobedience. Yes. And I think the greatest thing was there was no repentance. Mm -hmm. No heartfelt repentance. There was only excuses. Saul uh, did not bow to intimidation in one instant only. He, Saul built a history 
of disobeying the Lord in high pressure situations. Yes. He yielded to the desire of the people to take the spoils out of the town that God had told them to utterly destroy. Look at 1 Samuel 15:24. Did I give you that? Mm -mm. I didn't. Okay. I'll put that. You're going to need verse 32. I'm sorry. 15:24 and 30. Then Saul said to Samuel, I have sinned, for I have transgressed the commandment of the Lord and your words, because I feared the people and obeyed their voice. Okay, now watch verse number 30 in the same chapter. Then he said, I have sinned yet. Honor me now, please, before the elders of my people and before Israel, and return with me that I may worship the Lord your God. Not my God, your God. Right. He wanted to be justified in the eyes. If you'll pray for me then and pray with me, then it's going to be all right. Let me worship with you. It wasn't his God. It was your God. Mm-hmm. There's some things that we need to understand and see. So Saul uh, repeatedly uh, transgressed because he feared men. Uh, with leaders who are insecure, they treat people harshly and it make it seem as they're in control when they actually, they're only covering up their own fear and intimidation. Right. You know, when people are hard like that. So now we have, a, now we look at the scripture here in, uh, where are we at? First Samuel 30. 30. Uh, we're going to talk about David, and I uh, notice that David was was careful not to do anything without hearing God's word. Uh, so we come to the place where David now is at Ziglag. We know he comes back from battle. The Philistines going on, and all of a sudden, all the people of Ziglag, that all these people that were in Ziglag, were taken by the Amalekites. Yes. So let's read that scripture. Now it happened when David and his men came to Ziglag on the third day that the Amalekites had invaded the south and Ziglag attacked. Ziglag and burned it with fire and had taken captive the women and those who were there from small to great. They did not kill anyone but carried them away and went their way. So David and his men came to the city and there it was, burned with fire and their wives, their sons, their daughters had been taken captive. Then David and the people who were with him lifted up their voices and wept until they had no more power to weep. And David's two wives, uh, Anaheim and Jezreelpis, and Abigail, the widow of Nabal, and Carmel had been taken captive. Amen. So we find that, isn't it amazing that these invaders came and they didn't kill anybody? That's got to be the first time in scriptures they didn't wipe out a whole yeah. city. They didn't kill anybody. That's the hand of God. But now these people have come to where they couldn't even weep anymore. Right. They've cried so much they couldn't even weep anymore. And so now they're ready to stone David. Yes. Because they had taken him out of the city. No one was there to protect the city. And they're talking about stoning him in verse uh, uh, 6 here in chapter 30. Now David was greatly distressed, for the people spoke of stoning him, because the soul of all the people were grieved, every man for his sons and his daughters. But David strengthened himself in the Lord his God. Amen. Amen. When the pressure comes, we have to strengthen ourselves in the Lord your God. Not in somebody else's God, not in the word of a pastor or prophet, but in your relationship with God. That's where we have to be. 
So, but David had nobody to turn to. Everybody there wanted to kill him, wanted to blame him. But he has to strengthen himself. Most believers in our lives, we hit a point when we feel all alone. And I believe that God allows this to happen. Yes. Uh, he doesn't cause it, but he allows it so that, and because he's not the author of evil, but he wants us to come to that place of looking at him. Right. Coming to him for the purposes and plans that he has for our lives. So let's take a look now at 1 Samuel 30, 6 through 8. You want me to read 6 again? Yeah, read 6 again. Now David was greatly distressed, for the people spoke of stoning him, because the soul of all the people were grieved, every man for his sons and his daughters. But David strengthened himself in the Lord his God. Then David said to Abiathar the priest and Ahimelech's son, Please bring the ephod here to me. And Abathar brought the ephod to David. So David inquired of the Lord, saying, Shall I pursue this troop? Shall I overtake them? And he answered him, Pursue, for you shall surely overtake them, and without fail recover all. Hallelujah. Oh, my goodness. What a Amen. statement here. So he prays. This is this is funny because many times we're turning around, we're praying, and we don't like we don't get an answer. A lot of times right. we're praying just for ourselves. But he's he got the ephod, which represents the the presence of God. He got the ephod that represents all that stuff. And he turns around and he he shall I pursue? Shall I overtake him? And he says, Yes, pursue, and you're going to recover all. God spoke to him. So much we will want to know. Does God speak to us? Can God talk to us? Can God uh, intervene? Absolutely. So even under tremendous pressure, David would not move until he first received the counsel of God. This is so important. Yeah. He strengthened himself. Strengthened himself. Yeah. You know, a lot of people will not strengthen you when you're in, under pressure. Right. They, they want to relieve the pressure. They want to help you out of that pressure. They want you to under pressure and, and, and maybe fail. They want you to out of it. So he strengthened himself. And then listen to this. He reminded himself. So he would not move until he strengthened himself. He reminded himself of what? God's faithfulness and his covenant. Do you know what God has said about to you? about what he, what he has for you? Do you know that he's given to you things and promises and hopes and prophecies? Do you know that? I have a friend of mine, and in fact, I have several prophecies that I've gotten from ministers over the years that are yet to be fulfilled. Some are, too, some are already fulfilled. And you know, God, when we look at God and we, we remind him, God, you said this, not, not this pastor, not this prophet. God, you said this. I believe it to be your word. And it all of a sudden it brings peace to you. Yes. In time it's going to come to pass. And it does. God brings it to pass. Because you even feel the witness of the Lord when you read it. Yeah, that's it. Ten years later, you still witness it. You know, the, the scriptures, the word of the Lord is anointed no matter when it comes. <laughs> so listen to this. So he would not move until mm -hmm. he strengthened himself. He reminded himself of God's faithfulness and covenant. Then. Then. See, there has to be a then when we, yes. we begin to do what we're supposed to do. So then he moved. And then he required, what should I do? And then God said, pursue. 
So we begin to come to that place. Then we go forward with what God wants to do for our lives. So take a look at 1 Samuel 30, 18 and 19. That's 19, I'm sorry. So David recovered all that the Amalekites had carried away, and David rescued his two wives, and nothing of theirs was lacking, either small or great, sons or daughters, spoil or anything which they had taken from David. David recovered all. Hallelujah. And you know, it's really amazing as you read the whole story. He recovered all plus. He recovered all that they had taken, all that belonged to David and his, and his group, and then he recovered the spoils of Amalekite. He recovered the spoils of the army and what they had taken from not only Ziglag, yes. but from other places. Yeah. He recovered the spoils. This is so important. And so God not only gives you back what was stolen, but he gives you more. More than what was, was uh, taken from you. So David feared God more than he feared his men. Yes. When they're picking up stones ready to stone him, or maybe getting their swords out because of the things that happened, no, David's not going to be, be going on. He's not going to let that happen. Uh, David acted while Saul reacted. And I think it's important for us to understand that there's times in our lives, do you respond or do you react? Right. When we face difficult situations, we're facing accusations, we're facing troubles, do you respond or do you react? This is one of the things I'm trying to get uh, people that we deal with all the time to come to the place, look, don't respond, react. Right. And sometimes the silence that you have speaks better and clearer than any words that you can give somebody. Because most of the time when we react, we come down to their level. We, come, we lower our, ourself to come down to their level, and it doesn't do any good for us. And it's usually always man. It's not God. Yeah, it's man. It's not, it has nothing to do with God. Mm-hmm. So when we have the mind of Christ, we're equipped to, 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 with courage to act and not react. Uh, in an earlier chapter, we discovered that it takes boldness to break intimidation. Not a natural boldness. Right. But of uh, boldness is fueled by godly virtues, power, love, and a sound mind. Yeah. So let's go back to a key verse in Second Timothy chapter one, verse six and seven. I'll just read it out of here. Okay. Therefore, I remind you to stir up the gift of God, yes. which is in you through the laying on of my hands. This is Paul speaking to Timothy. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love and a sound mind. That's all the same spirit, all the same Holy Spirit, but these are the attributes and the virtues that come from God by His Spirit. So we look at these three. Power. He knew, he knew God, he knew that God was greater and more powerful than anything David would face. Do you know that? Do you know that? Love. He loved God more than himself and God loves you. I'm going to say something. I hope you understand. God loves, the Bible says God so loved the world that he gave. God loves you more than himself. He sacrificed himself for you and for me. That's how much he loves you. And if we can comprehend with our mind, with our heart, the love of God and the power of God that he's given to us, then you know what comes next? A sound mind. Because we're solid in the things that God has given to us. 
I'm not going to be moved because I have the mind of God. And I know what God has said, no matter what the pressure comes on my life. No matter what. Paul listed all of these things. And we look at, we walk, to walk in godly boldness, it takes all three. Power, love, and a sound mind. And that's what God wants you and I to do. To break intimidation that uh, people have over our lives. Or that we allow people to have over our lives, I should say. We have to be careful that we don't allow people to have things that they shouldn't have. Uh, someone wrote in and asked a question, do you think Saul was intimidated by his impatience? I think so. Because in reality, he was insecure. Right. He was insecure in who he was. He wasn't confident in those things. I know that in the beginning, he was very shy. He pulled away from, from even Samuel coming and anointing him. And, but there happened after that honeymoon period, all of a sudden he thought, well, I can do everything I want because I'm king. Anything I want. Sometimes when we get into a position, we think that we're king over everything. We start doing what we want rather than what the company wants. I remember one time I worked for a company and they asked me to do this product, cut this rubber out. I worked for Lords, and and uh, so I found an easier way to do it. Well, I made all these parts, and they're all wrong because my easy way wasn't the right way because they were they were missing a little piece off the edges. But I said, this is the same. It's not the same. We have to do it according to the plans that are given to us. And it's and we got impatient. I got impatient with my job. I, well, I want to just do this. It's faster. Faster doesn't mean better. No. Not at all. We have Usually to learn from no. it. Usually no, yeah. Uh, when do you think someone in his position would have needed a, a counsel or a pat on the back? I think what he needed was to continue to hear the prophet. Yes. God gave a prophet to the king, and I pray for our nation that God would give godly counsel to our president. I even prayed that for uh, President Obama when he was president, that God would put a prophet, speak into the ear of, the, of, this, of every man that's in leadership. We need to pray yeah. that for our nation today, yeah. that we need to have Christian men and women that will rise up and get the ear of the president and speak to him and pray for him and encourage him and direct him under the anointing of the Holy Ghost. We need to have that today for our nation. We need to have it for all people today, especially we're coming up into this election time that God has has us coming to. It's a very dangerous time, a very uh, difficult time, but we need to pray. We need to pray that the intimidation, we're hearing so much about intimidating uh, the crowds, intimidating people. We need to understand that, that the enemy is working very hard to discourage us. Amen. So we're glad to have brought this to you. And let's pray for this. Then I'm going to have something else to say. Father, we just pray today that every intimidation, every spirit of intimidation, every chain of intimidation that's working over your people, God, be broken in the name of Jesus Christ. God, that they would rise to the occasion and having the godly boldness. Lord, to stand up and hear your, your voice and even come to the place of, of true repentance. Yes. Where there's a godly sorrow. So God, I'm sorry that I did it my way. Please help me to be corrected and change. And then do that. Yes. When we repent, we change. We go the other way. And God, we ask that you would help them and break this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Thank you for the time. We, we ask you to just give somebody a hug that's with you. We love you. Wave at us. We love you. God bless you. Bye-bye. Amen.